0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome in to another fantastic episode of ASWF Aftermath as we get ready to break down everything that happened this past Saturday night at ASWF Heartbreak. Obviously, everybody knows the format by now. The first hour, we are going to go ahead and break down everything, myself and uh, Mr. Christopher Heineken, the Dean of Arkansas Sports, going to be breaking down everything that happened this past Saturday night at the Valiant Arena, as well as... Tonight, uh, in the second hour, we will have a address from the infamous one. We're going to talk with him about what happened this past Saturday with Infamous Inc. and everything. am going to go ahead and bring on Mr. Uh, Heineken. Cornbread, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing excellent.
0: I am in the house. How are you,
1: Mike? Uh, it's been a fantastic week. I'm still, you know, uh, trying to shake off the goosebumps from that crowd this past Saturday night in the Valley Arena, Boy Harding University certainly did not disappoint this past weekend.
0: No, they did not and um I'll tell you one thing it's been a news worthy week um since Saturday, and I know we're about to, we're about to dive right into it. I'm ready.
1: absolutely and let's get right on into it. Caller ladies and gentlemen, he was one of the judges this past Saturday night in the MMA rules style matchup. And he also got involved a little bit in the uh, TLC match, which saw D Mike become the number one contender for the X division championship. Mr. Brad Hicks, Brad, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing
2: great. Corbred, Michael. Uh, I hope you guys uh, are planning to celebrate Valentine's day, a day of love. And uh, I'm just on the road here. To go to, having dinner with a beautiful lady, and, uh, you know, I'm loving life, man. I'm loving life. Uh, D. Mike, the resiliency of D. Mike to uh, accomplish what he accomplished this past Saturday at Heartbreak, you know, that's a young man right there. That is a young man that deserves anything and everything that comes his way, and I was happy to oblige by helping when I could because, as we all know, the odds were stacked against him, and I wanted to make it right uh, for D-Mike, and so I kind of got involved a little bit. But you know what? At the end of the day, D-Mike still had to win that match, and that's what he did.
1: Well, I tell you, Brad, you're getting a little bit of a mixed reaction here in the Facebook Live. I don't know if you can see the comment section, but, of course, Aaron, you know, seems happy to hear from you. But, of course, the uh, security guard for Infamous Inc., uh, Mr. Gary Swift, Uh, comment and says, the man, the myth, the loser, Brad Hicks. Well, obviously, I guess it's been revealed uh, that, uh,
2: unfortunately, uh, the man of of justice that we we had hoped that he would be has um, sold his soul to infamy think, and, uh, you know, I, I would advise him to rethink that position. That was a position, a dark time in my life, and and I'm telling you, when you get away from that and you open yourself up to to see just how wonderful the fans are and how great, you know, life is now that I'm not over that dark, uh, those dark days, Michael. And uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you can't change it. I guess the allure of the power and the prominence that that comes with the Infamous Inc. is 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 too 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 difficult to overcome for some. But you know. I, I'll pray for Gary that that, is, that he gets his mind and soul right. But,
1: you know, for right now, I guess we're just going to have to deal with what we get with uh, with Officer Swift. Well, one thing I want to ask you, to go back to what we were talking about before, you know, D-Mike winning the number one contendership for the Evolution Championship. I do have to ask, you know, I, have you had any conversation with D-Mike since he won that matchup? I know there was a moment there where um, you once again extended your hand to D-Mike this past Saturday in the ring after he won his was victorious in his matchup have you guys had any conversation as far as uh, you and D-Mike have you guys been able to sit down and have a conversation
2: well I'm glad you asked that you know I posted uh, on my page uh, on Facebook and you know I was going to change my name but I'm going to leave it the same on Facebook as a reminder of what I was because I believe that those that don't Remember the past, are doomed to repeat it. So I posted something out there, you know, and I thought I thanked everyone. I hoped everyone had a great Valentine's Day. And, and, and I also wanted to thank D Mike for allowing me to work for him, you know. Uh, and so we've had some conversations, and, and where it goes from there, I don't know. You know, we've talked a little bit, and I thank D Mike, uh, you know, 100% because, see, The different spectrum of all of this from my side, Michael, and Cornbread, is that as Double J claims that, you know, that they work for Infamous Inc., I'm humbled and and have enough respect to to, to know that I don't – nobody works for me. I'm privileged that that guys like D-Mike, the future of wrestling, uh, allow me to work for them. And so – If things progress a little bit more uh, in the future with D-Mike, I would definitely be grateful, and it would be something I would love to help him out with, uh, you know, because I know that the odds are going to be stacked against him uh, in the ASWF and anywhere he goes, especially with, you know, Infamous ink looming around the the circuit. So, you know, I I told D-Mike in the back, you know, Saturday night, and I've had conversations with him on the phone as busy as he is, and I've told him, I said, D-Mike, you know, I'm not asking, you know, for a second chance because I know that I did some things and put you through some things that were, you know, inhumane at, at points and uncalled for, but, you know, I, I just want to make it right. And if you, if he's giving me the second chance, that would be great. Um, but, you know, at, right now it, it's, it, it's just still up in the air. I mean, it looks good, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen until uh, you get to the, sh- you know, the show and you talk face-to-face and you sign on the dotted line. Um, but I could truly respect him if he decides to take it solo. But if he needs a, a set of eyes or 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 something, I would be more than happy to help him out.
1: Well, Cornbread, do you have anything for Mister Hicks pertaining to this TLC match before we move on to the MMA match? Well,
0: what I, well what I would what I would say is uh, first first of I want to kick it off by saying congratulations uh, to D Mike for winning for winning that. Uh, That match to become the um, Number one contender for the Evolution Championship I want want to also say You know Regardless of what you think or You ought to give props What props is due uh, D-Mike and Josh Cross Put on a hellacious match And they did Both those guys Both those guys did an excellent job Even, Even in the analysis And the breakdown of the match I have to say Um more definitely, um, if I'm Mike, I better keep his head forward and be focused on the championship. Even though he's, you know, as I say, you no, know, not out of the dog, not out of the doghouse as of yet, because now he puts a monster target on his back, and you know, we've said so many times, you know, anytime you hold ASWF gold, or if you're in line. For ASWF Gold is probably one of the toughest positions that you can be in because now you find yourself a broke challenger. How bad do you want it, number one, and how bad do you want to keep it, number two?
1: Well, and I completely agree with that statement right there, uh, Cornbread. You know, I do have to say, as far as that goes, you know, in this case, and you've mentioned it many times, you even mentioned it this past Saturday. The role of the challenger is to beat the champion. You have to beat the champion. Absolutely. The question is, you know, can D-Mike beat the champion? And that's something I want to talk to you about, Brad. Uh, Another shocker that happened this past Saturday night before we get into the MMA rules match. What are your thoughts, you know, after a hellacious uh, Evolution Championship matchup, the golden ticket was cashed in by its winner, uh, Mr. Grayson Beckett and, uh, the essence of gratitude officially took over the evolution championship. Uh, once again, I know you had a conversation with D Mike, did y'all talk about Grayson Beckett, uh, in that talk, uh, or was this prior to him cashing in the t- the golden ticket?
2: I mean, we've talked
1: about it briefly, you
2: know, he asked me my opinion, um, you know, D Mike's another humble individual, uh, you know, we talked about it, and I told D-Mike, I said, you know, if that's something that, that you want to do, uh, you know, you're obviously in line for that. And I and I told him, I said, here's the thing. As good as Grayson Beckett is, I said, D-Mike, you've got to, you know, look at it this way. I know that, you know, you've been through the penitentiary of pain. um, You know, a lot of guys don't come out of that the same. And I think that as, you know, as new to in-ring work as D-Mike was at that time, I think you saw the the maturation process, you know, times a hundred with D Mike, and I told him I said D Mike, I believe you're ready, um, and, and that's the words of encouragement that I gave him. Obviously, I don't speak for D Mike, you know, in an official manner, but just just from what I've seen in my brief time in, in wrestling, I told D Mike I said D Mike, you could do it if you want to do it. You can do anything that you set your mind to, and uh, you know, I said if you need help you know, let me know. I will assist in whatever and, and whenever I can. But I said, D Mike, as far as it goes, I have hundred percent faith in you, uh, that um, you know, you 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 could win the evolution title. And you know, he basically looked at me and he told me that, you know, he was gonna sit back, reflect on it for a little while and get his thoughts together, but that, you know, the one number one thing he wanted to do was, you know, do what was right by the, the ASWF and its fan base. So Um, I told him, I said, you know, D. Mike, that's admirable, and and we can work from there.
0: Well, I certainly do understand that. Go ahead. Uh, Sorry, uh, forgive me for interrupting. I was going to say, Brad, it seems like the words, uh, it seems like the letters LFE was written all over the answer. The L stands for loyalty, the F stands for focus, and the E stands for encouragement. It seems like all of that was wrapped, wrapped into that one answer.
2: I'm I'm sorry, cornbread. You broke up on me. I'm in a really kind of a a dead zone right now.
0: Oh, no, forgive me. Oh, uh, can can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay, I was saying um, and I was telling Mike earlier, and I'm a I'm, and I'm gonna say this to you. It seems like. Based off your last response, it seems like the letters LFE, loyalty, focus, and encouragement was
2: written all over
0: the answer, and then advice on you decided to give to D Mike.
2: Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, and I told D Mike that, you know, I told him that that loyalty is something that you know I, I used to take for granted, and. You know, I, I had an awakening, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, you have to have loyalty, and I, and I told D Mike, I said, man, you know, you saved me at the eighty Sky Show, and and for that, I will be forever grateful and, and loyal to to you know to you. I said, as far as you know, focusing on the title, you've got to do that, and, and you're right. Um, I think everything you said right there is completely accurate, uh, Cornbread. I think, and, and I think D Mike has all three of those. And I think he's ready. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, when he feels like it's his time. And I told him not to to, to move full steam ahead, to take some time and move Absolutely. when the time was right. So, you know, that that to me, that's just the, the only thing I can really
1: elaborate on that. Well, I'm definitely sure that, uh, that the infamous one here coming up in the second hour is going to have – a completely opposite thought on uh, what happened this past Saturday night as far as the golden ticket cash-in. I tell you, I saw Infamous Inc.'s dressing room after that happened, and uh, needless to say, it was destroyed. So uh, Infamous one cannot be too happy coming into uh, math tonight knowing that they lost uh, the Evolution Championship out of their fold. But, uh, Brad, I know you're a busy man. Like you said, you have a uh, Valentine's plans. But I do want to ask you before you go, uh, I want to kind of get into this MMA rules style matchup. Uh, I've been reading what you've been saying online. I I did see that you guys uh, were – you had uh, Ray up 30 to 27 at the time that the disqualification occurred, obviously for uh, punching Shane in the back of the head multiple times and uh, ended up getting disqualified. What uh what led you to that score? I believe uh at that point myself and uh Mr. Heineken had it uh tied at one round apiece, I believe the second round, and I'll get into my thoughts right. as far as that goes. But what uh what what led you to uh thirty twenty seven?
2: Well well Michael, as you know, uh before we ever got into professional wrestling at Talk Radio forty nine You know, I had done some kickboxing training and I had been to uh, multiple, multiple MMA uh, bouts as well as boxing matches as well. And, you know, we did the Sweet Science Show. So, you know, MMA and boxing uh, have been two of my favorite things to watch. And as I was watching that fight, you know, I looked at the the work that was being put in. and, And Ray was the more active fighter. I saw where you know there was a couple of times that he he shot the takedowns and he had control for most of the time that they were on the ground. I mean, granted yes Shane would had got in there and was able to take Ray down, but after he took Ray down, you saw him kind of neutralize that takedown off of uh, the ground control. So in my honest opinion, I had it 30 to 27. Uh, for Ray, but you know, ultimately in the end, uh, the disqualification, I, I guess it turns out that, uh, it was just a ploy to get, uh, you know, Shane in there toe to toe with, uh, the Suicide King. And I, and to be honest with you, my hat's off to, uh, KT for his excellent job, him and, and, and Elvis Allen, uh, or Easton Allen River, uh for their uh getting Ray right ready and it's an it and it attributes to the athleticism of the suicide king Ray Ivy as well. I mean we're talking about a man that looked like a seasoned veteran uh that only had a, a, about a month or so to prepare for, you know, an M M A fight. So in all honest opinion, you know, my hats go off to, to both sides really. Um but yeah i had it 3027 based off you know i thought ray worked better as far as you know he stayed active in the match and uh, i thought he had really solid ground control and once he was taken down he established uh you know a level of control so i gave that 3027 but uh guys i'm here uh, god bless everybody out there and we will see you guys saturday night um it's a Valiant Arena, so I appreciate you allowing me this time, Michael. Happy Valentine's Day to you and Cornbread, and, and uh, we'll talk to y'all later.
0: Same answer, you. brother.
1: Well, and Cornbread, you know, uh, as we get into the MMA rules-style matchup here, and we're going to get more in-depth into it when uh, the infamous one gets on here here in the second hour, as we will also Absolutely. the Evolution title situation but uh i mean like i said uh, multiple times on the microphone i just believe that the uh that ray came out and did exactly what he had to do in that fight you know i i mentioned it multiple times on aftermath and the lead up you know uh he had to come out and he had to look for the knockout and that's a, what it appeared that he was doing the whole fight it appeared that he was coming in just swinging for the fences and there was a few times and you know uh I wish I had a moment longer with Brad because I wanted to ask him. You know, it looked like there was a few times that the commissioner, Joey Britt, was uh, taking a close look like he was thinking about potentially stopping the fight and awarding a TKO victory to uh,
0: Ray. Yeah, that really – that was was the most interesting of all of this, Mike, because um, when that bell rang for that first five minutes – it was guns blazing, in my opinion, and uh, some mm-hmm. some would say, you know, you know, hey, you know, it was almost like a, a lopsided victory, um, and could have been a lopsided victory for the Suicide King. Um, my analysis on that on that whole situation was was this: Ray came out aggressive. He came out aggressive. I think in that first round, in the first two rounds, in my opinion, he kept his emotions in check. Mm -hmm. Because this was personal. This was personal between him and Shane. Those two literally went to war. And to me, that first round, aggressiveness went directly to Suicide King, right? He he had the aggressiveness in that first round. When Mm -hmm. he came to the second round, he got a little over-aggressive and when he started being over-aggressive, that's when Insane Shane kind of played the little Muhammad Ali, the little term we call in sports called rope-a-dope, meaning Uh just making him swing to the point where he's not connecting. And I think just because of the miss of some of those punches, I mean, because both these guys took a heavy beating. In my opinion, I think Shane took the worst of the beatings because it all started like the, I think it was like the opening two minutes of that first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he did not know where he was. And the, in the well, opening and two, two minutes of that first
1: round, he didn't know where he was at all. And there was a couple, somebody, there was a somebody, couple of yeah, cornbread. There was a couple of times cornbread in that first round where, I mean, like I said, the commissioner was taking a heavy, heavy look. At insane Shane and right. making sure that he was able to defend himself, and it looked like uh, you know had Shane not done something quickly, you know, I believe at one point right. he grabbed an arm bar and then uh something else it believe I believe that Joey was very, very close to stopping that fight
0: i i thought it I thought it was at least anywhere between three and four times just the whole entire the whole entire match, but in particular mm-hmm. it was that first round. I think it was like once or twice that he kept checking just to see if he could continue. But lucky for him, he kind of had his hands up, you know, for defense. Cause you know, like it states, you know, if you're not able to defend yourself, then that will be referees judgment. That will be his judgment call.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, I mean, I fast forward into the third round of this contest. Did see that uh, that it looked like right before they came out for the third round, I should say, it looked like uh, Joey came over to the Suicide King's corner and was checking, and it looked like you know the cut above Ray's eye almost cost him the contest as well. Absolutely, uh, you know, and that's that's something that speaks to the uh, ability to survive of men's St. Shane. Because like I said, you know, if there's a 10-8 round in MMA, that's exactly what we saw in the first round. But in the second round, just like you said, that rope-a-dope strategy worked out for Insane Shane. And it frustrated him more so spilling over into the third round where Shane was able to, you know, the first time Ray caught him and Shane saw that uh, Commissioner Britt admonished Ray and said, hey, don't do it again. Then Shane was smart when he knew he was in trouble he rolled to his stomach and knew that Ray wouldn't be able to stop himself from punching him in the back of the head. Very intelligent strategy, in my opinion. But if you listen to Ray, you got to say that, you know, that was the whole time was just to beat Shane into submission.
0: Well, well, the, thing, well the thing about it is, Mike, and, and for a lot of people that don't realize, um, there are four facts to a hit they're only allowed to hit three sides of that head, that being the front and that being the sides. If you hit any time in the back of the head, you know, like they you know, just do in World of sport in England, um, you normally would at least get one or two public warnings, and then the third warning, the referee would disqualify you. Well, mm-hmm. it kind of came into effect in this one because of the fact that just for the back of the head purposes he literally intent intentionally went to the back of the head. Because because if Saint Shane knew that if he turned his back, you no know, he'll be you know, you know, almost a practitioner of the Miss Martial Arts style, it's almost as if he could kinda of say to hey, I know for a fact he's not gonna he's gonna go for my head He'll only go for my face a couple of times. But if I turn it to where the only thing he attacks is the back of my head, I can get him disqualified. And in this case, it worked out better for him. He went to that fourth side of the head, public warnings. He disqualified him on that third.
1: Exactly. And we are going to get into this matchup and break it down a little bit more in the second hour when the infamous one comes on for the infamous hour. But I do want to get to uh, everything else that happened this night, including, and uh, Mr. Heinzman was actually active in the uh, chat earlier or in the comment section of the live feed earlier. Uh, You know, the Titans of Violence won that Tornado uh, Triangle Tag Team match this past Saturday night, and now are the ASWF Tag Team Championships. A lot of stories coming out of this thing, you know. The Vincents once again so close, and you got to wonder, you know, if the ASWF is going to give them another chance. You got to wonder what's going to happen with that. But also, you know, El Ray confronted the psychotic Savior at the end of that contest, and El Ray, uh, you know, was looking for answers. You can see the frustration on El but El Ray pushed the psychotic savior one time too many and i mean i understand right. being a little frustrated i understand being a little angry with what's going on uh you know i i can understand that especially El ray just lost you know the biggest opportunity he had heading into uh that night you know in his aswf career him holding those tag team titles but it was you know they lost him. And, you know, Elray had his own opportunities in that matchup to win it. Uh, tell me, what did you think about that situation, Elray getting in the face of the psychotic savior? Well,
0: one, in my own opinion, I think that could be possi- possible grounds for career suicide. That's number one. Number two, lying about that. I really have – yeah. And, 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 and be- because, number one, you don't play head games – with any member of the Manana, period. Uh And we've we've seen that multiple times uh, during a lot of portions of 2018. You don't ever play my games or attempt to play my games with any member of the and That includes cataclysm. Two, now you bring up, because you brought up the whole situation as far as those tag team titles go, and we talked about the golden ticket earlier. Here's the next question Do you think that El Ray may have made the right call to cash in his golden ticket for the tag team titles now? Or should he have went towards a singles based well, off what happened that's, Saturday?
1: That's, you know, I think a lot of the frustration L. Ray had. You know, El Ray cashed in. Right. If you remember when El Ray won the tag team titles and Taco Hell was formed, he said he was cashing right. in a favor from Cataclysm. I believe he, you know, I believe there is a little bit of questioning going on in the Aztec Warriors uh, camp as far as was that the wisest strategy? Obviously, it was effective. They did win the tag team titles. But as soon as they won the tag team titles, you know, it, it, it I, I likened it, you know, in previous episodes the Aftermath to a quarterback in the NFL who nobody has film on. Nobody had film on these guys to study and expose their weak. And then once they, you know, started the ball rolling and teams were able to watch their weaknesses, and obviously, you know, these the Titans of Violence and the Vincent brothers especially have been together for a while. You know, they've meshed. They've had time to work out the kinks. Taco Hell right. didn't have that, so you know I think that was Absolutely. their biggest undoing
0: I I, I I totally agree with you mike and 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 here's another thing I agree with you with and and we have the, and and of course, you know, who knows what will happen with this whole situation between the cataclysm and El ray but we got to address you know the Vincent brothers here. As close as they have been, and I mean as close as, as they have been uh, tag team titles, whether it's from Lethal Ejection, whether it's from Max Stone and whoever partner he had, or whether it's from Cataclysm and El Rey, don't you kind of think they, one of two things kind I think they kind of need a little bit of a reboot and really and I'm not talking you know adjustments to their character or anything like that I'm talking about the adjustment of having that killer instinct because they've had some incredible performances no question about it their their performance level has been at an all-time high but to me I think they're missing that one that one ingredient that you need in a champion, and we saw it when new, champ, when new tag team champions were crowned Saturday, and that's a killer instinct. Not so much of a mean streak, but a killer instinct. Know when to pull the trigger. And we saw that when new champions were crowned. I mean, what, what are your opinions on that?
1: Well, I have to agree with you there. You know, it does. It seems like the Vincents come so close. Every single time, I mean, what they've been in the tag team title hunt for the better part of six months now. Ever since Fight for Freedom, whenever they, uh, whenever their greatest gym known to man won the Absolutely. first uh, won the tag team titles back at Fight for Freedom in uh, July, that was the right. you know that was the talk. You know, the Vinsons are the next best thing in the tag team division. But slowly but surely, you saw it have the Halloween resurrection. Then you saw it at Christmas with the claws. You saw it this past Saturday night at uh, Heartbreak. You know these guys will right. come just that close, and they're lacking something. And I completely agree. You know, and, and that's something that the Vincens are going to have to do. They're going to have to sit back. They're going to have to take a long, hard look at this thing, and they're going to have to say, you know, what is it that we have to change? What is it that we have to do? to develop that killer instinct to, you know, take us to the next level because, you know, the ASWF has a multitude of tag teams just waiting for the crack at the new champs. So, I mean, you got to wonder how many chances the Vincent brothers have left. And you know,
0: and you, and you know, I'm going to turn a page out. I'm going to turn a page out of Josh Matthews playbook. And I've heard him say this on uh, impact wrestling many times. He's been saying it over the years. And I will echo his sentiments when I say the following statement. Championship matches do not come very often. And if I'm the Vincent brothers, I'm not saying adjust anything with your character. I'm not saying that, and I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm not suggesting, hey, break up the tag team because you, know, you have the downtime. Because every tag team and every athlete always has those down moments. They have those moments to where You know, not every day is going to be a good day. Not every match is going to be a good match. But, you know, inside of my my heart, I kind of was, honestly, was pulling for them to pull the trigger. And I think eventually, when they figure it out, Mike, when they finally figure it out, and they finally literally pay attention to, hey, look at how these teams are winning. Look at how these teams are defeating us. I think when they finally crack the code, I won't be surprised if sometime this year they're the tag
1: team champions. Well, you know, they do have some Titans to go through. And, uh, you know, I do want to sit here and hit on before we get into the second hour and before we start moving forward with some other uh, contests that we had. I do want to hit on this. You know, the Titans of Violence, how impressive! Uh, that, you know, they've been together for what, four or five months. How impressive right. have that's they key. been, you know. That's the key right from... there, Mike. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, How that's... impressive is yeah, it I'm that sorry. these that's... two have come together and they've absolutely dominated the tag team scene here in the ASWF like we've never seen before.
0: Absolutely. Definitely that's to wanted me. That's... to get
1: Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. For, forgive me. I think that's the key. What you just said was the key to everything. There are there teams that kind of just been together for like a, you no, know, for like a few few months ish. Then there are some that have been together for like quote unquote years. I told I, I agree with that statement. Everything that you just said in that statement made a whole lot of sense. Now that was when Keegan and Heintzman somehow, some way put themselves together and decide to form a tag team. And in just the little months that they've been together. I agree with you. They have tore it up and they have literally put notice and they literally put some warnings inside that tag team division,
1: Mike. Oh yes. And I mean, I feel like the Vincent or the Titans of violence, excuse me, will be the ASWF Tag Team Champions for a long, long time to come. But uh, there was another matchup that I want to get to here before we got about 20 minutes before the top of the hour and the start of the infamous what? hour. But, uh, you know, uh, Mark Wolf, uh and the main event Curtis Dawn answered the challenge of the greatest gym known to man. He laid out an uh, open challenge. And not one, but two people signed that contract. And Max Stone, you know, he said he wanted a step-up in competition. He wanted all these things. And, you know, you got to give it to Max Stone. You know, ever since shedding that ego, that, uh, you know, it looks like it was setting him back a little bit. That chip on his shoulder, you know, while it does right. help a lot of athletes, it looks like it was setting him back. Uh you know, it seems like it's just skyrocketed him. Like, and I don't make that pun lightly because at one point the man jumped out of the ring and it looked like he literally had a rocket attached to his back. I mean, I was hearing <laughs> R. Kelly. He was in the air for so long singing. I believe I can fly. Right. I mean, they very impressive. And once again, a victory over not only, uh, Person the caliber of Curtis Don, the main event, a guy who's been around the ASWF Championship picture for some time now, but also a former ASWF champion in uh, Mark Wolf. You know, you can't state it enough that uh, that Max Stone could very well be the future of the ASWF. I mean, the athleticism, the resiliency. Everything that Max Stone has in his pocket that makes him the greatest gym known to man could also make him eventually the greatest champion known to man. And, and,
0: and Mike, let me speak. Let me speak to that situation. Um, You know, and 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 I'm a, I'm gonna say this for, and I'm a, and I hope Max Stone is listening um, to what I'm about to say. Happened Saturday. I say he has an opportunity, and in my opinion, he can challenge for any title he wants to. He can go out. He can go off to Will Cage, and we'll discuss his situation in a moment. He can go out to Will Cage. He can go out to Grayson Beckett, Even though, even though D-Mike has that uh, golden ticket briefcase.
1: Hmm. An incredible
0: showing and 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 the fact that he pinned not only a num- a a number one contender, the man who's literally that close to winning the title at Curtis Dawn, but he pinned a former like you said a former champion in Mark wolf and the crazy part about this whole situation Mike is the fact that. Max Stone, I I some say he kinda had a little bit of an attitude adjustment. I don't think he changed anything. I think he kinda gained something called a a little bit of what I said earlier, um, as far as the Benson Brothers is concerned. I think he gained the killer instinct. I think he saw an opportunity this past Saturday in that in that three way match. To me, I think he shook up any singles division right now in the SWF. He shook it up to the core. Other than what Grayson Beckett did when he cashed in the golden ticket and became uh evolution champion, we'll talk about all of that leading up to it. I think right now Max Stone if everything is if he keeps keeps everything in line and keeps his focus straight, I say um beware of any champion in the company cause, uh no title was safe.
1: You're certainly right about that. And speaking of no title being safe, I've just been handed a note here. Uh, It looks like we have the commissioner of the All-Star Wrestling Federation and the referee, the official for this past Saturday's MMA contest, Mr. Joey Britt on the line. Mr. Britt, how are you doing this week? Fantastic.
3: Well, that's good to hear, Mr. Joey.
1: Mr. Joey, what do we of honor? Do what? Mr. Commissioner, what do we of honor? Uh, I keep hearing hearing a lot of blah, blah,
3: blah, 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 about that (laughs) that fight last Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I called that fight right down the middle, and I stopped that fight when I thought it should be stopped, and then they take it to a whole other level. Not appreciated at all.
1: I, I would agree. You definitely did a amazing job uh, ca- uh, calling that fight. I do want to ask you about a couple of certain spots during that matchup, uh, especially the first round I want to take you back to. Uh, it looked like there was a few moments where you were taking a long, hard look at Shane, uh, possibly thinking about stopping that fight. Uh, was that going through your mind at any point during that?
3: I was concerned about Shane's eye. Yes, I was.
1: Okay. Uh, in the third round, before the third round, it, it looked like you were uh, checking the cut above uh, Ray's eye. Were, were you uh, considering stopping the fight in, at that moment as well?
3: I had thought about it.
1: So, uh, walk uh, us through. Go ahead, Cornbread, I apologize.
0: No, 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 no. I, I had to ask the question for him, but I might go ahead with the question because I, cause I, cause I want to follow up with something.
1: Well, you can go ahead. I was just going to ask him to uh, walk us through uh, how he thought the fight went. So, go ahead, Cornbread. I apologize.
0: No, no, no. You're fine because, actually, that that would have been one of my questions. Uh, What were your thoughts um, concerning that, uh, Joey?
3: I think those guys trained well. I think they were both ready.
1: Were you impressed with how – with Ray's skill set for, uh, you know, how long he had been training?
3: Ray, Ray, Ray brought it up to a whole other level. I mean, we, we stepped in Shane's playing field there a little bit, but uh, he, he, he made a contender out of himself.
1: I would certainly agree with that, you know, and I mean, like I said, there was a couple moments where, you know, it looked like Ray had Shane on the ropes, but also, you know, I I do, I have to give credit to uh, infamous Insane insane Shane, very impressed with how he handled, uh, you know, working his way through, because every time it looked like you were going to, uh, you were possibly going to step in and stop the fight. Uh Shane was able to grab a submission or something to uh, prevent you from stopping the fight.
3: Yeah. Infamous Inc. It's funny you brought those guys up. Well,
0: um, so Mike, Mike, if you don't mind. I wanna ask I wanna ask Joey something. If if you don't mind. Joey. Okay. Um uh, Joey, um, of course of course we heard for Brad Pat, Brad in the hour. We heard for Brad Hits in the hour um concerning uh why he scored uh, the fight the way he did. Um of course I, I had it almost that even, but if you had to call um that fight had it not ended in a stoppage. And if you were the judge I'm, I'm this just, just a hypothetical question here, just for discussion. How would you have scored Saturday's fight, and why?
3: Okay, yes, shame one by me stopping the match. But if we went off points, Ray would have got it hands down. Okay, would
0: it, would it been would it been an, a unanimous vote, or
3: would it
1: almost be like a split decision?
3: I believe it was unanimous. Okay.
1: Well, I tell you, I believe we have looked at the cards, and at that point I do believe everybody had Ray up two rounds to one uh, when the disqualification occurred. Uh, Joey, you know, uh, Cornbread mentioned earlier, you know, the fact that you, uh, in the rule book you always give them two, uh, two warnings and then the disqualification. One thing I and you know you were awesome about that. You tried to give Ray as much as you could, uh, you know, within right. the rule book.
3: You know, you, but, had, Michael, you act like that surprises you. I don't understand why that would surprise you. I well, I it am doesn't. The commissioner, supr- I stepped in to referee that match, but as commissioner, I don't pick good, bad, or evil. I, I just call the shots the way they should be. If someone's out of line, I address it whether they're my good guy, whether they're my bad guy or somebody I totally despise, but I treat everybody with the same respect. I don't know why that would so surprise you.
1: It it doesn't surprise me. What I was going to ask as much was, did you see what the way it appeared to myself and Cornbread from the uh, further back at the announce position? Did it look to you like after the first time you admonished Ray for hitting the back of the head did it look to you like Shane found out that you were going to do that, and he kind of suckered Ray in every time he was hurt? He rolled to his stomach. Did you see that?
3: No, I didn't see that.
1: Okay. Well, I was just uh, going to check with you on that because it did. It was something that I did have brought to my attention, and I did notice it seemed like uh, Shane learned, you know. Who brought that to Michael. Uh, One of the fans actually brought that to my attention. Which one? I'm not sure I know the name of them, uh, but it was one of the fans that was sitting close to me. Do they have
3: the referee's license? No, sir. Do they have their MMA license?
1: No, sir. Okay. Okay. Well, Mr. Brennan, another matchup...
3: We had a lot more going that night, though, Michael, besides just that fight. We had a pretty edge right of that I mean, Speaking of, Grayson Beckett won that battle rule, and then several matches later come out won won the, the, the title.
1: You are right about well, that. Well, he did uh, cash in and win that Evolution Championship, but it's another title I actually want to talk to you about, the ASWF Championship matchup between Steve-O and the unhinged Will Cage. First off, uh, I want to talk to you about will Cage came out uh with his arm bandaged up uh you know knowing you as the commissioner excuse me, knowing you as the commissioner, I know you had a talk to him uh had a conversation with him in the back, probably about you know whether he should have defended the title that night and things like that uh tell me. How did that conversation go? Was it more one-sided and uh, Mr. Cage was just determined to defend his title? Or how did that conversation go? You know, Michael, some
3: things are just better left unsaid. He was medically cleared. We had it under control. But I'm not willing to put everyone's personal business out there like that. So we'll move on to the next title, which is the tag team title.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The tag team titles did switch hands. The Titans of Violence uh, won the ASWF Tag Team Championship, and you know that uh, that's not without controversy. A lot of the uh, fans are starting to ask, as uh, did myself and Cornbread when we broke this down earlier. Uh, you know, is it going to be one of these situations? Are the as far as the board of directors goes, is the Vinson's running out of tag team championship opportunities at this point.
3: Well, you know, Michael, the Titans are definitely ones that need to keep our eyes on. They're big, they're fast, they're very athletic. As for the Vincent brothers, they're smaller than the Titans, of course. But they are they are a bit more agile, I guess you could say, because they are smaller guys. But I don't think that's the end of the run for the Vincent brothers. I see I see them being being more in the title division later on. I don't Absolutely. think that that's not going to be the last of the Vincent brothers. Is that what you're asking?
1: Well, no, not at all. I was just asking, you know, obviously with the contenders mounting. In the ASWS loaded tag team division, if uh, you know the Vincent's were gonna have to uh, work their way back into the tag team title picture. What, what do you think about
3: our tag team division, Mr. Cornahan?
1: I think our tag team division is loaded right now. You know, even mentioned earlier, some teams. That, teams? That, do, do what now?
3: Do you think Do you think we need another tag team?
1: I think we have a loaded tag team division. You know, I think these guys are. You uh, think we you know, need one more uh, to add spice
3: to the company? Do you? Do you think we need another another uh, contenders
1: for the tag titles? Well, I, I mean, I think that right now we have plenty. I think the Titans of Violence have their hands full, Not we only could, with dealing. It,
3: you don't think we could squeeze in one more?
1: Oh, there's always room for one more, Commissioner Brett.
3: I got. I got. I got an idea for for another future take, hey, team. What's that? You and Cornbread.
1: I don't know about all that now. I'm just uh, yeah. an announcer, and I think Cornbread you feels did. the same way. You did. Absolutely. Cool. I, I was in the battle no, role because I, I was
3: obligated to be in there. <laughs> Brand, would
0: you trust no, your take as, as as a tag as a tag team partner in in the booth, yes. Um, but bottom line, <laughs> you know as well as everybody else does. Um, I'll leave that i leave that straight to the pros. And but uh, uh, instead of uh, one person, I, I'm, I'm, I,
3: I, I tag- have no interest in being in the ring. If you had to pick one person in that, on that roster, brand, who would that person be to be your tag team partner? If you had to, just for per se, I
0: really cannot answer that question for you. Do what? I? I said I really cannot answer that question for you. Because, and here's why one i one i have an excellent broadcaster in the booth with me um every single- every single week and two it, it's it's like going it's like going to vegas you don't know which one you will pick because everyone is just so even,
3: yeah, but if you had to
0: choose. If there's a broadcaster wise it'd be it'd be Carnahan. Oh, sorry, if there's, it,
3: but
0: but if if there's anybody else if uh, if if I really want my games I would go with the Manai. Any verse any any person in the Manai. If, if it has, has to be high flyer, if it has to be high flyer, I would go with Max Stone.
3: Pick pick corn, cornbread.
0: You had to put me on the spot, didn't you? <laughs> yes,
3: sir.
0: All right. I'll say, hypothetically speaking, I would go with D-Mike. D-Mike? All right.
3: Carnahan, who would you pick? Um,
1: If I had to choose one tag team partner, I'm going to have to go with what, Cataclysm. What partner? I'm going to have to go with Cataclysm. He can do all the work. And I can stand on the apron and be scared. You guys
3: are telling me, you guys (laughs) are telling me, Saturday night, it should be a dream match with Carnahan and Cataclysm versus Cornbread and D-Mike. Is that what you guys are saying?
1: Absolutely not. No, absolutely (laughs)
3: not. Just wanted to clarify, Mike, I just want to see if I can put you on the spot like I did last time. (laughs) Well, Commissioner, Uh, one thing uh, you
1: can breathe now. Well, one uh,
3: thing
1: wrong, I ask wrong, you, go for it, go for it. Uh one thing I wanted to ask you before we let you go, Commissioner, as we're up against the break here. We got about five minutes left. Uh the ASWF championship matchup ended in chaos. Uh you saw Will Cage and uh Steve O go all the way to the end, but then came out uh, Curtis Don came out and joined the fracas and you saw Stevo and Curtis Don kind of attack Will Cage until Max Stone mm-hmm. was able to come out and even the odds a little bit uh, any sort of possible uh, any sort of possible you know issues uh, the board may be taking with that or are you guys just going to let, let things play out
3: no comment at this time on that Mike
1: okay okay Cornbread
3: um
0: and, and, and um I, I also wanted to ask you this um question, uh, Joey, while I do have you there on the phone. Um Okay. Of course we of course we all know the uh the biggest night in uh, company history occurs on the biggest weekend in wrestling. And I wanna g I wanted to get your opinion on just ASWF as like a whole, twenty years of pro wrestling in Tucker, I want to get your
3: opinion on. It. What is my opinion on twenty years? Well, no cornbread, I guarantee you, with everything we've got going on in our future, we'll I to I tell you what, I'll hold that thought. You ask me that again in another twenty years, because we're still going to be there and we're still going to be going strong. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: I don't think I could have. I don't think I could have answered that question any better than that.
1: Absolutely now, Well, Commissioner, I certainly want to uh, wish you a wonderful week, a uh, rest of your week, and uh, looking forward to this Saturday night in the and Arena. I'm sure you guys have a lot uh, planned uh, heading into this Saturday night. Not a tag team Please match, do me
3: favor. No tag team match. Please do me a favor and tell me that you don't have Double J on the air tonight.
1: Well... Fortunately, the infamous hour is coming up here in about three minutes, and he will become off in his unique
3: state. actually hold on, Michael. We're actually still calling it the infamous hour.
1: That is what he has. Uh, Michael, how much he money purchased is he purchased Say
3: that. Man. How much money is he paying you to say that?
1: Um,
3: it's how much quite is that a sizable hour amount. For him to call that the infamous hour.
1: It's quite a sizable amount in the uh four figure uh four figure range. Okay, Michael fill me in. Woo
3: I asked a direct question. I want a direct answer. How much does it cost to have him call that infamous hour?
1: Well uh he he actually paid about uh for the whole second hour. Uh he paid a sizable amount. Unfortunately you know in the in the contract that we signed he you know, there's a hush clause, so I can't say an exact dollar figure, but I will say it's in the four fi- it's in the four to five figure range.
3: It's it's in the four figure range, Michael. Okay, Michael, four I'm saying something. Okay. This will be the last Thursday that it will be called the Infamous Hour. I've got five okay. figures that says I'll buy that contract out.
1: Woo! Uh, that's quite a bit. Uh, I'll bring my
3: check on we'll Saturday night, Michael, and you have the paperwork ready.
1: Okay. Well, we'll have uh, we'll you have the lawyers.
3: Who's ever listening, I hope to see you at the show this Saturday. Do me a favor, tell wow. you know, the infamous one to kiss my big, white. You know what.
1: You have a good night and a good week Uh sir and happy valentine's day To you we'll see you saturday night at the arena Bye, Wow Um well i'm Wondering uh you know Obviously we have a contract but You know the i've definitely Got uh some of my Business partners here Texting me saying i'd be a fool to Let that one go. so uh Definitely gonna keep right. my lawyers uh definitely gonna keep my lawyers busy this week trying to uh see what we can do about this contract we have with Infamous Inc. for this second hour. Uh definitely gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Keep uh tuned to Talk Radio forty nine and ASWF Wrestling Facebook to see what we got going on there. But ladies and gentlemen, in the next hour, contractually obligated, we have the infamous <laughs> hour. The infamous one will be here live with us following the break. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with more ASWF Aftermath. I
2: don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war!
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to ASWF Aftermath, the second hour of ASWF Aftermath. Here I am, Michael Carnahan, the voice of the ASWF, joined by the Dean of Arkansas Sports Broadcasting, Mr. Christopher Heineken. Chris, how are you doing?
0: I am in the house. The first hour was crazy. I know it's about to get crazy right now in the second hour.
1: You are right about that, because ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the second CEO of Infamous Inc. here to put his spin on things that happened this past Saturday night, Mr. Double J. Double J, how are you doing here tonight?
4: Michael, I can be more than welcome to be here right here on the live Talk Radio Forty Nine here on ASWF Aftermath with listening to the voice of ASWF, Michael Carnahan and you sir, Cornbread, and how you boys doing tonight on this uh why is well first of all, why is Amanda Duran commenting on the ASWF aftermath? I mean, she is so nasty as much of them fans are. Their opinions don't matter. And Pamela Roach, you are a roach. Why don't you go find some like some poison and die somewhere? I mean, Gary Swift is the only one on the page there making any sense. And, you know, Aaron, I guess he don't have anything to do tonight because his love life of his own life is not even spending time with her. He's on the air with the best company of ASWF, and and around the Arkansas State is ASWF Wrestling, Michael.
1: Well, I tell you one thing I do want to, you know, get right into it here with you, infamous one. Uh, You know, the night didn't start off well for you guys. Uh, TLC obviously didn't go your way what is the uh, situation going on with uh, Mister Cross? As you saw, you know, towards the end of the matchup, D-Mike looked defeated, but the distraction from the from Brad Cost uh, Josh Cross the shot at the Evolution Championship. What were your on th- the TLC match this past Saturday night? I mean, you've got to be very impressed with D-Mike.
4: Uh, before we lay out the red carpet, before we even start walking that way and trotting and, and addressing uh, the three stooges of the ASWF, I heard earlier, heard earlier that Joey Britt was on Talk Radio 49, and eventually, that thank God the ratings have now came back up with me. Being on the air, the infamous hour. Everybody loves what's going on in Infamous Think and wants to know what's going on. And you know, Joey Brick coming on here, what is wrong with him? I mean he comes on here going about, Hey, how's it going, Michael? And it sounds like he's reading off a script. I guess he forgot about
1: Austin Lane, maybe writing his script or something like that, Michael.
4: <laughs>
1: well, uh, he certainly made an interesting proposition uh that my business partners seem to enjoy. Something about uh, buying out your time slot here on ASWF aftermath, but you know that's going to be something you know, that I guess our.
4: Question, um, really funny, can we go with in that carpet again? Let me address that situation. You know, it, it, he always wants to throw out he can buy this, he can do that. You know, only thing he can do, and only thing he will ever be in, in ASWF is a ASWF commissioner. He don't have any money, Michael. He just got he's got only thing he's got going for him. He's just he's just being a boss, he's a guy that makes matches. That's all he's ever going to be. He can't be a top millionaire person or money person like myself or Infamous Inc., a compound.
1: Well, I certainly uh – Certainly would disagree with that, you know, uh, assessment of the commissioner. And, you know, the
4: contract can't be bought out anyway. You know, the stipulations that we have with Talk Radio 49, (laughs) there's no money can be bought anyway. There's nothing that nobody – I have a tremendous amount of, uh, let's say, 20-some more years uh, abided by that, and you are taking – considerously taking that money in for the airtime. But anyways, getting back to your question. The D-Mike versus Josh Cross in the TLC match, Tabor ladders, and chairs. You know, I was out there myself, and I see where D-Mike was cheating a lot, you know, and that's why I went over and gave him the low blow that he deserves because he has took so much from trying to take so much from me and myself and my company. You know, he and again, not trying to trade back and start anything in the past, but D-Mike did have a loaded knee pad The doctors in the back, officials, did see that after the match that he did cheat for that match. And I didn't even protest it. I picked up my toys, and we moved forward. So then and the second thing came was uh, that D-Mike was uh, absolutely cheating when he got inv- had Joey Britt at ringside. Why would you have the commissioner at ringside and, and have him uh, come out there and be in his corner? I mean, why would you do that, Michael? I and mean, then an aspect of things, when I'm out there minding my own business, I was out there minding uh, my own business when uh, Brad Higgs comes out with a kendo stick. Then you got Joey Britt over in the corner with a steel chair. And I'm the helpless, considerate. I'm talking about I'm, I'm the uh, person with no weapons, then do nothing the entire match, watching Josh begging. And you know what? It's three against two. You can say what you want. Cornbread, I know you can hear me. Go back and watch it. You see yeah. Joey yes, I Britt can. with a the- you see, Joey Britt taught me with a steer chair. You see, Brad running out there with a kendo stick. Uh, did you see me want any one time out there with any weapons at all? No, I did not. And 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 then you have D-Mike in the ring, cheating as well. You know, when I say cheating, I ain't talking about weapons. I'm talking about the two outsiders keeping me at bay. And I wasn't even doing them at my own business. So it was three against two. And then Brad gets in the ring and hits Josh Cross in the back. Why should I be impressed with that, Michael? Why should I be impressed with people cheating? And because they knew, they knew that Josh Cross was going to beat D-Mike. D-Mike has never beat Josh Cross. He had Brad Hicks come help him. He had Joey Britt in his corner. And it was just me, and the CEO of Infamous Inc. in the corner of Josh Cross. It took three that night to beat him, Michael. And, yeah, I'm a little pissed off about it because, I don't take cheating very well, and that's considered because you know if it was the other way around, y'all would be grumping at me about it.
1: Well, I tell you, and well, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna allow Cornbread to answer this as well after I get done. But I look at this in two different aspects. I'm gonna answer your question in two different ways. First off, as far as the commissioner being out there, uh, I believe he was out there to even the odds. Do uh, might trust the commissioner Joey Britt? Uh, so I believe he wanted somebody out there to watch his back. As far as Brad coming out there with the kendo stick, I don't believe that D Mike knew anything about that. I believe that Brad did that of his own accord, and I believe he'll tell you that he did that of his own accord. And, you know, I think he wanted some payback on Mr. no, 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 no,
4: no, 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 no and they name off your names, and you sit for what months and on? You're going to guarantee that somebody by their word. Do, who do you think you're dealing with, Michael? Who do you think you're talking to? Did you trust? Do you trust Brad? Yes, you probably do now. But that, and I'm telling you something. That's a snake in the grass, rattlesnake ready to ready to turn on anybody. And I know it just as more than you do. And Ben, you know, I heard y'all talking about him getting on here, talking about the. Uh, uh, yeah, before y'all got involved in wrestling or anything, y'all was doing nothing but a radio show that you're doing now that I've, I've built. I've built this radio station. I'm the one that got you two licensed. I'm the one at approach management. I'm the one that's done everything for ASWF. You know what? And the thing is, Michael, I'm the one that's going to absolutely, positively be mad about this. But this situation is uncalled for. You know it, Michael. And core you know it as well. That, even though it was a TLC match, they took that opportunity, and I was absolutely in that corner, minding my own business, not even getting involved in anything. And it could have been, and it should have been, and it won't ever be because Joey Britt's corruptive. It should be now Josh Cross holding that uh, that contract.
3: Cornberry, well, how do you yeah, address well,
2: this situation?
4: Well,
0: I, I, if, if I had to call this a spade a spade, I, I honestly think that... The right man won regardless regardless of the shenanigans that were going on on the outside, I think bottom line, when it all came down to you know who wanted it more, d might had the escort killer instinct, and he actually pulled out the win and he wanted it more, but you know i I'm gonna go back to, and I'm gonna go back to what I said earlier at the top of the show. And, and that is um, Even though D-Mike won that match You got to get some props To Josh Cross Because throughout that whole match um, I classified that match And um, Carnahan you know this uh, Because we sat there and called it It was high danger High risk And bottom line flat out dangerous And to me It was a miracle that both men Came out um came out, you know, at least a lot better than what they were. And um I, I have I have to say bottom line uh mad props to both of them because both of them put on a hellacious match.
4: May I may I say something please just to cornbread okay. Michael? Go for it. Cornbread you soggy milk or excuse me, buttermilk biscuit idiot. You sit here and on talk radio forty nine. I thought you the one that had the brains around here. Apparently not. You want to sit here and say that D Mike wanted more? Well, you know what? Then I should have brought the whole family out there, the whole of Infamous Inc., and I should have absolutely, positively got everybody involved and full throttled Brad when he came out. Had some of my guys actually throttle him, then go in the ring and just pound him. Play on D-Mike with all the chairs, all the tables, and just absolutely, y'all would be on here right now going, Double J, that's so wrong you to have all your guys come out because I think D-Mike wanted it more. Y'all are going to be one-sided no matter who does what and the shenanigans and all that you want to pull. I believe in my heart, D-Mike is a great competitor. Great competitor. He is phenomenal high flyer. But you know what he don't have? He don't have the Hall of Fame experience. D-Mike don't have the experience that Josh Cross has been doing for 16 years in, in this business. And you know, Another thing that D-Mike don't have, he's not as good as Josh Cross. That's what I'm trying to say on a pedestal from 1 to 10. Josh Cross is that 10, and D-Mike is that 8. And he and and I'm just trying to point out, even though you don't want to hear it and see it, I'm done talking about this because things come around, go around, comes around one of these days. And we had a highly highly meeting this week, and that's all I'm going to say about it.
0: Well, 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 double J, let me let me inject let me eject this if I can, and and that's yeah, the situation. Ahead. Um, one, um. I'll, I would never I would never question anybody's ability or anybody's talent or anything like that. And, and I'll say that real talk Two, I Know you had we have to bring this up since we're since you want to change the subject and all. Let's bring up the MLM rules match and I'm pretty sure you had a big type smile on your face for two reasons one because the Suicide King Ray got disqualified and, and, um, In that third round That's number one Number two Was the aftermath No pun intended Of what followed That disqualification
4: uh, win I'll answer your last question uh, Moving forward We do have plans in place We do have very instinctive things that's going to happen. And we all sit down and agreed with uh, each and everything and evaluated and watched more footage. And moving forward, you just have to come to evaluate arena and find out what's going to happen because this Saturday night, we're all going to be there. And if you don't get, if we're going to move on later on and Michael and you, maybe you don't know much about it, but there's, there's still people signing with the ink.
1: Well, one thing I want to mention, and that's very, very disturbing that there's even more of you guys out there. I'm very scared. Uh, Preston, I do want to address this as the infamous hour. Uh, That was the infamous one, Double J speaking. But uh, what I do want to talk to you about, you know, that MMA rule style matchup, seeing as how Cornbread brought it up. You know, another matchup that – didn't exactly go according to plan. You know, a lot of the ringside uh, judges had it 30-27 uh, for Ray at the point. There was a lot of times you even heard the commissioner say he thought about stepping in and stopping the fight. Was there any point uh, Saturday night, especially in those moments where Joey was taking a long, hard look at it, was there any moments you were worried, truthfully, for in Shang?
4: To be honest with you, gonna be very honest with you. I know it's hard you believe, right? Ray, I know you possibly can't or cannot hear me, but I want to extend my 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 gratitude for even challenging my client to this. Michael, I think he done a phenomenal job. I think that you that 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 you're totally wrong that it would go in Ray's favor. Because I, I am very, very knowledgeable with MMA. And there was a lot of stuff i seen that I was even getting refused with no, no, no's. And, and, yeah, I would watch it. The Joey Brits or the Joey Brits and him being a referee, I still, like I said, we should have had a professional. I'm not saying Joey is. I'm not giving him any bad mouth, tasting his mouth. I think that we should have had a MMA referee in there. And then they would be more knowledgeable than the Brits. But that's here, say, and, you know, all that. But it happened, it's over. Ray, very impressive. Very, uh, and I say that with very, not a lot. I'm just saying it with very little impress. He was impressed. Uh, He stood toe to toe with my client, giving him that. But again, Michael, I have to say the fight. You're talking about who should have won? Well, we all know who won because Bray just don't get it. He don't understand when you got to quit hitting in the back of the head that you're going to get the match thrown out. The blood was shed between the two. Bad blood is still there. Ray, congratulations on your loss. And now we can still move forward and say to your face, Thank you for coming to play in our backyard, but a loss is a loss, and you, sir, lost. And you take, you, and what happened is that your dad hit me. All I was doing was getting you off my client because Joey Britson wasn't getting you off my client. I was getting in there to protect the client. Nothing against you, and you had your stupid, oh, man, hit me in the mouth. And that was very unprofessional, very uncalled for. But I'm telling you, Michael, a loss is a loss. He didn't have the upper advantage because you know what, Michael? You know why he don't? I say this, and I say this very clearly on the air, because I think Ray's fighting demons in his head that he can't get rid of, and he can't stay focused long enough to even finish anything in his life. And we know that Insane Shane is still better than Ray at wrestling. He's still better than Ray at MMA fighting. And he all around has the W. Now, you should be asking Ray, how does it feel to sit at home this week knowing that you failed the fans and your family because you didn't win in their eyes, they thought the only thing they won was him punching Shane and hit and his dad hitting me. That might be a winning thing in their eyes, but the cash prize
1: is the winning factor in our eyes, Michael. Money. Well, NJ, I do have to ask you that. You know, the deal is with that. You know, if you listen to Race Camp, uh, Mr. K Toomer, as well as yourself, Ray, as well as Ray himself. They both said, I mean, you didn't understand what the point was. The point wasn't for Ray to win the fight. Uh, the point was for them to uh, get him in the ring with Ray. Uh, how do you respond to that?
4: Yeah, you, you, you want me to respond to getting Shane in the ring with Ray correct?
1: I want you to respond to Ray saying he won just by, or excuse me, Mr. K. Toomer's comment, saying that you didn't understand the point that uh, the Suicide King was trying to do. He he didn't want to win the match. He just wanted to get Shane in the ring so that he could, you know, punch him.
4: (laughs) Apparently this guy that you're talking about has a brain cell of a mouse because how many times have we stepped in the ring with Ray in a wrestling match in the first time with MMA fight? It might be my first rodeo to take on Ray, but in going this journey to uh, to uh, the anniversary show, I have gained a lot of knowledge that more than you and anybody in the ASWF has ever known about Ray and his family. I have really, have I've had a meeting this week and all the meetings we have, we have exposed everybody inside the ink to their opponents and who they are and who we're dealing with and to the biographies and their stinks and all this other stuff. And if that's what TK thinks that makes him happy with a bucket of chicken and and, and licking his fingers and what is, you know, the thing is he got got in the ring. And that, that was the point we got in the ring. And TK, we won. Sorry if you're trying to make a comeback or make your little day happy for Valentine's Day while you sit at home with Rosie Palm in your hand. That's fine. I hope you uh, uh, meet Jack with that and and know that Infamous Inc. is still on top of ASWF, my friend.
1: Well, Double J, got one more question for you pertaining to the uh, MMA rules-style matchup, and then I'll pass it over to Cornbread for him to be able to ask his. But uh, the thing I want to know, what were you telling Shane after that first round where it did appear that uh, the commissioner was thinking about stopping it at a few points and uh, giving Gray the TKO victory? What were your words to Shane in between the first and second round?
4: Well, if Michael... I was, it was always encouraging words, but you know who the person the most was coaching and helping uh, Shane. That was Morgan, and, or excuse me, and and then and, and, and when we got out there. But you're talking about ringside, so it'd be Josh, mm-hmm. and but the most person of all was Excalibur. Excalibur with the, uh, I have a lot of experience, but it, apparently listening to Excalibur. I just told him when he came back in the corner that I wanted him to take over and give more advantage, and I do what I do best. I got to get the gift of gab and I make the decisions of the CEO of Infamous Inc. and helping guiding the clients that I have that I am so thankful for, and having inside the the, uh, the compound of Infamous Inc. Michael that Excalibur was to be the one you'd have to ask that question to because. He is the most intelligent person on that subject, right there.
1: Okay. Okay. Cornbread.
4: Um, infamous double J. I, I know. I, I know.
0: I have some questions for you, but um, and here here comes my first one. If you were not a manager and you watched this fight that went down Saturday, remove the manager deals away. Remove away all the affiliations. Straight up, honestly and truthfully, no bias or no no favoritism here. In your honest opinion, if you were a judge this past Saturday with that fight between Insane Shane and and, and Swiss Suicide King, what would be your honest score and why?
4: To see it in person like I was, I imagine that. That's a great question. I imagine that at ringside. I was on one knee looking into the ring, watching the ground pounds between both two competitors. And then I know everybody's gonna think I'm I'm just a well, I don't care what they think, but watching in and seeing what was going on, there's a lot of things that y'all couldn't see from the booth. There was a lot of um uh headbutting going on from the Suicide King. Or no, he ain't Suicide It was Ray. It's who it was. Ray Elvis Ivy was fighting out there. And there was a lot of elbow shots to the face and side of the head that was getting warned at, on the ground. That's why some people thought that uh, Joey was trying to stop the fight. He wasn't. He was warning, telling them to stop. So that tells you that that's why I gave Ray some credit for the, the – Less experienced person in this fight. And Shane, being the, if you didn't, and I heard you all too on the announce booth, just sitting there watching and being uh, uh, not involved in the match whatsoever, because I would get him disqualified anyway. But watching, I was listening to Michael uh, commentating and saying that Shane was absolutely laughing in the face of Ray Ivy And you know why he was? Because this ain't his first rodeo, folks. To ma to uh not not even sit here and not degrade Ray. For the experience that Ray came with, it wasn't enough. That that guy that whoever you K T or T K or T K O, whatever you want to call him, didn't give Ray enough knowledge because if he did, being answering uh uh, uh cornbread's uh you know question here there be no question or doubt he should be blaming TK because let's get honest here, Ray would have had the victory. But it, it, he, he let a lot of things get to him with the non-training that he was doing. I've seen before the show, Michael, if I'm correct, that he was training in the ring with this guy and wasn't yes, even telling him about the do's and the don'ts. And I'm sure Ray didn't have a clue what was going on. So, Ray – if you want to be mad at anybody, you shouldn't be mad at my client. He did get in the ring with you. that's what k t wanted, and there's point that i i guess I'm missing the point that we did get in the ring with you because we're not scared of you or your little clan that you had on the outside of the ring that has less experience than you do uh probably at fighting because they probably't want to fight in their life. They was fighting for, they was believing in you they was fighting for belief. You know what you needed to go into this fight with? Shane did. Shane went in there fighting for his heart. Shane came in to fight for the infamous ink, what he believes in. You was fighting with hope. You was fighting for hope you could win, but you let everything get in your head. And, Ray, I'm going to leave this thought with you. If you think that these people and I ain't talking about these fans or your family. I'm talking about anybody you associate yourself with. If you think for a minute they care about you, if they did, you would have won this Saturday night. And that's how I'm going to put this. Shane can be mad, and y'all get me out there. I'm going by the judge's score in my head. But it didn't happen that way. So, Cornbread... I would go with my client winning this weekend, if the disqualification hitting in the back of the head, the points being taken away, whatever, Shane is the winner.
0: My next, my, my next, my next question, and you brought up Excalibur and we, and uh, of course this is one of the things we omitted, but um, we need to bring up, we need to bring up this uh, situation here, and that, and it did concern Excalibur, and the fact that. Ace Mortar lost her mask to Excalibur. But what followed next led to your client losing the Evolution Championship due to the cash in of the golden ticket. Um, what's what's your reaction to that?
4: Okay, you asked me two questions at once. Let me answer one. Go for it. Asa Morton versus uh, Excalibur Mass versus Championship. That was what we was focused on first. That was what right. I was focused on. That's what I knew about. That's the only thing I knew about. I didn't pay attention to the the uh, Battle Royal. Uh, there was, I didn't know who won the ticket or anything like that until you brought it up now. Or, excuse me, uh, until I seen it Saturday, what happened. And I will get to that. Let me address this. Asa Morta not going to sit here and be a chopping block on her either. Very female wrestler. We all know she's a female. Very, very good and dangerous clothesline from this female wrestler. I'm, I wouldn't want to get myself involved with her on a one-on-one dark alley match. I mean, for crying out loud, she lost her match, and she's even uglier with it on. Than she is with it off, if that makes sense. <laughs> because when she looked at me Saturday when she got the loss, I thought about asking Joey Britt or somebody, please beg hard to put it back on because that is the ugliest woman in Tuckerman, Arkansas I ever seen in my life, guys. I mean, Excalibur beat her and he's still the evolution champion. And that's the ugliest woman I ever seen in my crying day. <laughs>
1: Well, you didn't get to laugh for too much longer, uh, Infamous1, as, you know, uh, Cornbread pointed out. You know, you guys got to celebrate for all of about 30 seconds before your client uh, became victim to the cash-in. And now it appears that the Evolution Championship has entered the Ratitude Era as uh, the the new Evolution Champion. Is the essence of gratitude, Grayson Beckett? Uh, you know, like Cornbread said, what was? what's your thought?
4: My thought. This is the infamous hour. My thought on this. Grayson Beckett, if you can hear me, the greatest, uh, excuse me, <laughs> he wants to call himself the greatest wrestler of the Ratitude era. Grayson, if you can hear my voice, I want to let you know, congratulations on. Something, let me, let, me, let, me, let me get to it, and you think I'm going to, oh, here we go. Grayson Beckett, congratulations. You are the new Evolution champion. Congrats. You did it. You is your first championship in ASWF history. But let's break it down like the voice of ASWF would do. My client, after we revealed the mask off of Ace of Morning, like I said, I was laughing for a moment. And I, when she screamed at me, I have never seen the most ugliest woman in my entire life. I ran to the back as I was, I was mortified. And then you, and think about this, Michael Cornbread. Think about this, and and and, and I'm going to tell you, eat my own Cheerios because I'm telling the story that I was told with Ray. A loss is a loss. I'm eating that. <laughs> I ate it with uh, We we ch- chomped it down with Josh And the cheating And also with are chomping it down with Grayson Beckett Grayson Beckett You have interaction With me when, when I was with Shane And still with Shane I'm talking about in that match with Shane You failed To take The warning So in your mind you had to Go to Ticket but here's why I'm going to break it down to you. How every day can you be at home or in your lifestyle? And the only, thing, the only thing you would think is, I did it. I'm a champion. I'm an evolution champion. But you really, can you call yourself a champion, Grayson, when Excalibur just had a match and then you ran out there and cashing in on a guy that just wasn't 100%? That's something really to swallow. Are you really a true champion? Are you really the person that just beat a 100% competitor? No, sir. No, sir. And I don't applaud you for that. I applaud you for being the bravest guy to come out there and take the title. Because now you know you got an X on your back. But Did you really win it fair and square? Did you really give it to the referee and say, hey, I want him up on his feet. I want him up to be a hundred percent. But he wasn't a hundred percent, he just had a match. And y'all can argue all you want to. I seen what I seen, and I'm a fair person. I would have, I would have waited and I would've done what I've seen other wrestlers do. Wait till they are a hundred percent, not be a coward and wait till they're down. It's just me. Okay, well
0: double J would would it, would it be okay to ask you this question? And this yeah, question doesn't bother and, and this question and and um I know I know um Mike's listening as well, because I, I want his um quote unquote reaction to this as well, but I'm, I'm gonna go to you first, uh, double J. Now especially now that the majority of let's just say all the championships are literally a wide open. Especially with the new evolution champion crowned, new tag Team champions are crowned, and through survival mode, Will Cage is still the ASWF heavyweight champion. Going by the roster that you have in Infamous which four individuals do you see with championships? And, and you, it, it can be your choice. Pick any, Pick like, pick you two guys for a tag team that can become the tag team champions because everything is wide open right now it is that competitive pick you out two individuals that can be the tag team champions one for the evolution and one for
4: the heavyweight title. Who,
0: Which ones would you choose?
4: And I would I would, I would, I bet you, you and the of yes, the fans would like to know that that's already been discussed and that's already a plan in progress. And I'm not gonna reveal anything that's going on inside the compound of infamous. Corbre, with all due respect, I'm not gonna be commenting on that tonight. Thank you. Uh, Mike Mike,
0: um and my my same question goes to you, and um I know I know is still on the on the line here. The same question goes to you. Um do you really see all Any any member of Infamous Inc., you know, holding one, two, or possibly all the titles?
1: Well, I mean, that's a very intriguing question. Um, You know, the deal is with the Infamous one, you can't really say that one of his clients is better than the other. So with that being said, uh, I, I, I I know that, obviously, Excalibur, yeah, I know he's going to want his ex- his Evolution Championship back at some point. Uh, not sure. We don't have any word yet on if there's a rematch clause or anything like that. Basically, the only right. thing we know right yeah. now is Grayson Beckett is the Evolution Champion. Signed, sealed, delivered. It was legal. He curb stomped his face in the canvas. One, two, three. That's all we know as far as this. The deal is with Infamous Inc., though, you asked if uh, I could see anybody going after which title. You know, that's the thing. As much as I hate Infamous Inc., and I think hate might be a strong word, as much as I dislike their tactics, I will say that guys are some of the most amazing competitors I've ever seen in professional wrestling and I wouldn't want to pigeonhole these guys by any stretch of the imagination into any into any certain division you know right. on any night we could see Morgan Williams become the ASWF champion on any night we could see insane Shane and Excalibur become the tag team champions and on any night we could see Josh Cross win the evolution championship or any combination of the ones that I mentioned but that's the unique thing about this and the dangerous thing about this uh company uh infamous inc is you don't know where they're going to strike and you don't know how they're going to strike, but they have the right guy at the helm with the golden touch. That if Infamous Inc has their eyes set on a prize, they're dangerous, and they can get it. Well, I, I want to throw this yeah I want
0: to throw this question out uh, for uh, Infamous Double J, and um, I've I asked this of Joy Britt earlier, and, and he gave me this response. I'm gonna ask you the same thing and um after I guess you'd say after his answer, Mike, um I'll I'll I i i want to hear your response to this. Okay. But um and and that's and and uh to the infamous one, I'm gonna start with you first. Um I asked Joy Britt earlier um uh, concerning um the biggest event happening on the biggest wrestling weekend of the year. I wanna get your 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 thoughts and uh, your opinions about uh, ASW of hitting the milestone of twenty years.
4: My thoughts of uh, the, uh, ASW hitting the milestone for the twenty years. I was part of it for going on in May. It'd be like twelve years. Um, congratulations! I think. Thank you very much. Moving forward to the 12 years in May, I, I think and April is before May. We all know this, but being a part of the best company in the mid South, these shows, phenomenal shows <laughs> they put on, the intriguing and the most edge of the. You pay for a ticket, but you're at the edge of your seat. My hats go off to the people that put on this show the people that hire the talent like myself and the infamous Inc. compound coming forward together and coming into ASWF and many more coming in and they know what top notch talent is when it comes not to the infamous Inc. but to the, uh, guys like Grayson Beckett, the Vincent brothers, uh, Leo Keegan and, and, uh, and You got guys, uh, uh, in there as well as like Josh Cross, Ray Ivy, Shane Bridge. The list goes on and on. That right there is intriguing. That right there was bring the fans in, and they they're intrigued of what goes on. And that's why ASWF has dug in the dirt, not dug, dug just dug in the dirt deep into the soul. and they have went through many people of come and go in that company but that company called all-star wrestling federation says something when you're part of this your family when you work for this they treat you like family and when you go and look and you're thinking yourself just like you cornbread to be part of the announce booth being uh the person i am being that i am a knows who knows talent like you and michael great commentators in the state of Arkansas, the best of the best, not quoting anybody, just saying it how I want to say it, having the best announced team and interviewers on Talk Radio 49 and at the arena, you two are part of what goes on in this company. And to sit here, and I can ramble on, but when you think about it, when you're a part of this and you go back and you do the history that I have done and where it started and how it comes up to now and how it's going now is drawing, intriguing and knowing that you're a part of a company of 20 plus years. 20. Not two, not five, not eight or not a year, not even making a year, but knowing that they went through hell and back and digging deep into the roots of the earth in the soil of 20 plus years the infamous one all the way to the announce booth all the way to the joey brits thank you for the opportunity of the ownership and working with people like yourselves in this company of 20 years and that's what makes ASWF. you gentlemen Thank you. I will see you Saturday night, and we shall have the best show this Saturday night. And I want to say this, $5 to get you in the door. Doors open at 5.30, and the bell time at 7 o'clock. ASWF will go back to every two weeks after this Saturday night, and ASWF Aftermath Michael will fill you in. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the infamous one, the CEO of Infamous Se- Good night, everybody.
1: Well, Cornbread, I certainly uh, want to echo everything he said there, but also I want to echo, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to be there this Saturday night. $5 gets you in the door. Kids six and under are going to be free. Where else are you going to get a deal that great? Where else are you going to find – amazing entertainment like what you will see like we just saw this past Saturday night Cornbread, I know you can agree with me you're going to you you you're, you're going to get the best professional wrestling action in the mid south you're going to see titles defended you know the evolution championship oh my goodness what, what how impressive was it what a moment it was when uh the essence of gratitude Grayson Beckett became the Evolution champion and everything. We'll see you this Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I can say it any better than that, ladies and gentlemen, for my broadcast colleague, the Dean of Arkansas Sports, Mr. Christopher Heineken. I am the voice of the All-Star Wrestling Federation, Michael Carnahan, and I bid you a good night. We'll see you Saturday at the show.
3: Good night.